Subaru's first merciless strike had been blocked by teeth. In the front end of the whip, dancing as deliberately intending to infuriate was Roy Alfred of Gluttony. Alfred, too, was a sound Subaru was familiar with. This bastard also shames the name of Star! Subaru-sama, that topic is over! Allow me to engage him! Subaru raised his arm for another brutal blow of his whip. Alfred drew his own weapon. At the same time, Cruchet unleashed her hundred-man strike. A frenzy blade of wind instantly swept through the lobby of the city hall, bisecting chairs and the reception desk. Of course, the cut should have also ruthlessly sliced up Alfred, but... Wow! Awesome! But although this one looks tough... Uh-huh! Boy, as if seeing the invisible blade of wind, bent over backwards to avoid it. Bridge, his head rested on the floor briefly before he flipped backwards. That action, he assumed the battle already posed, crouching with his face raised. It's an attack, since allies would be caught up for it. That was a rather third rate tactic. It doesn't seem all that delicious. Finished. Alfred kicked the ground, his body flying forward like a bullet. Open to expose rows of sharp teeth resembling a hound, coupled with his appearance. People would mistakenly think he was a straggly wild dog. Only, a wild dog's danger level could never compare. It brought her sword up to meet him, attempting to behead him with a downward flash. <laughs> Muscles, but not powerful enough! To us, you're not even a beginner! As he waved his right hand, Crochet's sword bounced away with a sharp sound. A closer look, there was a cloth wrapped around Alfred's wrists, and tangled up with those were twin daggers, one in each hand, weapons that took advantage of the speed and flexibility of his thin, small body to fight. One dagger that had parried away her sword, the left one, swept towards Cruchet's throat. Though she immediately twisted her body to avoid it, Alfred slipped through the air her shoulder and kicked her in midway to blow her away. for you to be looking over your shoulder. <laughs> In fact, you're the easiest target! Alfred stopped on the ground, flying at Subaru, who was still distracted by the sight of Cruchet sliding on the floor. The dim lighting, the thin figure of gluttony, wrapped in rags, disappeared in darkness. Subaru lost sight of his figure. Not good. The perfect decoy, as evidenced by his track record with Sloth. <laughs> Aiming at Subaru, who was full of openings, Alfred had revealed an opening of his own. Subaru, keenly aware of his own powerlessness, had sworn to himself that no matter the situation, he would not act impulsively and hastily and imitate the boy. Hitting his lip, he grounded himself with the pain, allowing the most powerful party member an opportunity to strike. Julius's piercing strike silently approached that small body. Alfred immediately managed to twist the midair to evade, but his body was still cut down by the finest of knights. And blood sprang out, and Gluttony's body rolled onto the floor. Wow! Surprising! 
Then how about another surprise? Blew my buds! As Julius spoke, his quasi-spirits began another barrage of attacks as Alfred bounced back to his feet, then darting away. That moment, Rainbow tried to filled the dim hall, and Aurora blossoming forth from Julius' attack, aiming at gluttony. I hope one such as you, who appreciates Gourmet, will enjoy. No matter which bud, I am proud to enjoy the bloom of these child's flowers. Uh, they're pretentious! We don't like them! The world burning in Aurora. Alfred spoke as he escaped high. Julius's thin sword followed his back, hunting down Alfred with a flurry of sword strikes from all directions, attempted to escape with a sideways jump. Lollymancer! Don't call me by that name, Junie! Take Valkyrie with you to the top floor. Stop the broadcast! Adding away each other's names, Julius declared that he would hold off Alfred. Supporting a wheezing crochet, Subaru judged this as the most reasonable course of action. He could not quite agree with it. That boy, mocking them as he darted around, was, after all, gluttony. An enemy who Subaru had pursued for over a year. Seeing that defeating him was one of Subaru's top priorities would be no exaggeration. Even though he was right there. I... I understand. Julie-sama, I will pray for your blade to be swift and true. However, before Subaru could protest, Krishna climbed to her feet and gave a response to Julius. Subaru suddenly raised his face, seeing her own full of resolve. Krishna was another victim of gluttony, having been robbed of her memories. Of course, she had also wanted to seize this chance for her to retrieve her memories. And so, she assumed her own responsibility and entrusted the fight against gluttony to others. Beside those feelings, she was also well aware of her own lack of strength. Ironically enough, both Subaru and Crochet were being risked for a choice at the same time, as they stood up. <laughs> so it's going to happen! How are we doing it? Are we all going together? Even the disappointing woman and scummy man can be served as appetizer! Then, <laughs> Julie-sama? We'll eat him! Swallow him! Nibble him! Lick him! Taste him! Swallow him! Bite him! Bite him into pieces! Into pieces and devour! Gluttony! <laughs> Don't say anything unnecessary. I didn't become Julie in vain. Bert still wore a smile and a relaxed attitude, and the narrow space limited by that aurora. This pursued victory, the dancing strikes of her swords producing steel sounds. Before all of that, Julius and Subaru's eyes caught for a moment. Case did not convey anything to Subaru by itself. <sighs> Fuck it! Listen! Bastard! You absolutely can't lose! Hmm. That is what I should say. Losing is not acceptable, and neither is dying. No. You absolutely cannot die here. Let's go! Lollymancer-sama! Scratching his head for the time being, Subaru set aside his feelings and started running. Oh, he should at least sprint in front of Crochet. In truth, and much to his own shame, he could react to any surprise attack much faster than he could. Bru chased behind the still-wounded Crochet, and they both sprinted up to the next flight of stairs. Before leaving, he took one last look at Julius and Alfred's fight in the lobby. Julius seemed to have the advantage, 
He could not let his guard down. Go! Crap! Where of Subaru's gaze, Julius did not permit him to worry about his own status. Though he was incredibly annoying, the idea of something happening to him was troublesome. Subaru turned to follow Couché, bounding up the stairs in one breath. That something might be lying in the ambush, they immediately took another flight of stairs, heading toward the topmost room. Away there. Subaru-sama, I must apologize. If I am not mistaken, your priority should be gluttony. Stop it, Kusan. Nobody thinks it's your fault. Keeping watching the situation upstairs, Kruche stopped and let out an apology. However, Kruche should also be frustrated. He apologized to would not heal the wounds that either of them had. He did not want to blame himself. He wanted to apologize too. I'm sorry, Ren. Please, wait a little longer. Missing the name of the girl who was still sleeping in the mansion, Subaru let out a heartfelt expression of regret. In fact, I'd like to run back right now and tear that sneering malicious sin archbishop limb from limb. If that brought her back, what would be wrong with it? Turmoil that would ensue and shake up the lives and deaths of many people. Consequences would be much easier to take in as if it were a simple-minded person, unable to think ahead of these issues. Though he knew that if he had did that, Rem would probably be angry with him upon waking up. <sighs> Jay said nothing to Subaru, who held his breath and repressed the emotions building up inside him. Just closed his eyes, expressing regret for his own apology. They resumed their match, their march, with her at the forefront. The hall was a five-story building, and Subaru and Cruchet were already on the fourth floor. There were conference rooms and archive rooms for paperwork on the middle floors. From a quick check on the information displayed on each landing, it's safe to assume that the broadcasting room was located on the top floor. In other words, Lost is also going to be there. Yes, that is true. But considering the size of this corridor, would she really... Peeking into the corridor on the fourth floor, Couché raised her eyebrows in suspicion. The question was natural, and Subaru held the same question. The corridor of the fourth floor was only wide enough for four people to walk side by side. Most, albeit a guest taken at a distance, the black dragon looking down at the square seemed to be as large as an elephant. It's very hard to imagine that it would be able to fit into the corridor of the building. Of course, there was the possibility that... Instead of ascending through the corridors, it had just destroyed the wall and forced its body into the room. What do you think? At least, I don't think there's going to be an ambush in the corridors. Kruston, do you agree with this? I think the real problem is an ambush at the broadcasting room. But, it's been so long since they went inside. I'm sure that they're setting up something. Yes, I agree with you. I am certain that they are preparing an ambush in the broadcasting room. There's no doubt that that's where they'll be. However, the people who are supposed to be in the city hall have not been found so far. If we're not careful, then this hostage situation will... Mori thought about it. The number of bad situations coming to his mind increased. It was not the kind of problem that would be solved with just martial prowess. Cruchet's fighting ability was, as stated by herself, average. 
and she could not be relied upon to use magic. Subaru's ability also decreased because of Beatrice's departure from the front lines. The boot, upon close inspection, it was clear that a lot of blood was pouring from his right leg. <sighs> you can't call yourself brave until you plunge into the tiger's den! Once the battle starts taking place, and we finish the outside one, we should be able to join them down there, and the situation will quickly change! In that case, there is no reason for Lust to postpone the broadcast any further. In the end, Subaru-sama and I have no option other than acting to prevent it. The best way to deal with an ambush. Shea asserted and stared at Subaru. Found himself overpowered by that passionate gaze, Subaru gulped. Uh, Crucian? I have heard from Wilhelm that Subaru-sama is the one able to come up with the optimal solution to these situations. And so, I believe it as well. That's some heavy trust! Tom's overestimation of Subaru's performance was compounded even further by Cruchet's own expectations. I'd forgotten the times when Subaru had been underrated by everyone. Feeling as if he were about to be crushed by the weight of his own expectations being placed upon him, Subaru mused about it as much as he could in the short time he had left. And even although he was not completely sure of it, came to a decision. What can we do to deal with an ambush? Yes? If someone's going to wait for us as a matter of course, let's break that course. There are several important factors in an ambush. First of all, the location. Ambushes were a tactic that consisted in a person waiting for the opportunity to attack their enemies from a dominant location. That was the most essential element. Secondly, it was necessary to be certain that the enemy would indeed appear at the set location. If the key opponent were missing, it would render the ambush completely pointless. Over, it was also necessary to correctly estimate the time of arrival of the enemy at the location of the ambush. Spending too much time lying in wait would make the ones setting the ambush lose their focus, and the ambush would not have maximum effect. So, assuming that Lust was setting an ambush, all three of these conditions have been fulfilled. No matter what, they needed to break into the broadcast room with a, in a set amount of time. Their enemy's perspective, there was no easier situation to hunt their prey than this. Therefore, we must destroy this situation. Got it. No, I am of nobility. I have once decided to believe in Subaru-sama, so I will never change that. I will leave it to you. Broadcasting room located on the top floor. Both floor above that. Earlier, Capella had appeared on the rooftop through the top floor. That was exactly where Subaru and Cruchet were preparing to execute their plan to defeat their opponent's strategy. Cruchet, who had been initially puzzled by Subaru's proposal, seemed determined. This way of doing things was her invariable merit, both before and after losing her memory. Honestly, I wish to see how the battle in this square is faring. But, if we go check on them, then our actions will be meaningless. Even at this height, they could hear swords clashing, as well as Garfield's cursing, still ongoing, so no aid from that front could be expected. Anyway... Looking around, Subaru examined the roof. All marks have been left there and there on the ground. Probably traces of the Black Dragon walking around. 
railings and fences that looked over the square had disappeared due to the, due to the magic damage caused by Julius. Subaru thought that tremendous power. As he went around the rooftop, heading to the side opposite to the square, assuming that the floor layout was correct, we were indeed just above the broadcasting room. Naturally, Capella would be lying in ambush there, waiting for Subaru and Crochet. Subaru, Sama. What happened? Please take a moment if you're unprepared. I'm sorry, but just now, I noticed something. Hmm? She spoke rather weakly as Subaru bruised himself with an iron fence. Subaru looked at her with surprise, and she looked back at him with a stiff expression. I seem to have a certain fear of heights, so let us hurry. Huh. Huh. An unexpected weakness? Weakness? Got it. Ready? Confirming that the fence was firmly fixed, Subaru nodded to Crochet. She returned a stiff nod to, of her own, and stepped meekly into Subaru's chest with arms outstretched. Please do not let go. Uh, Krishan, there are many men who would misunderstand, so it's better if you don't say those kinds of words often. Uh-huh. Subaru turned his head towards Crochet. Rai smile plastered all over his face. Crochet nestled in his arms, clinging to him swung loose from the iron fence with great force. Naturally, their bodies were drawn towards downwards by gravity, heading straight towards the ground, the wall of the building at their side. And as they fell, they reached the lowest point the whip wrapped around Subaru's waist would allow them to. Between <laughs> the weight of two people at the same time, Subaru's shoulders were in enough pain that it seemed his arms were about to come off. Twisting sideways, the two swung in an upward arc, reaching the outer wall of the city hall. Seeing the window of the broadcast room approaching, Subaru stretched out his feet and shattered it. <gasps> what? Shards of glass fell onto the floor. Subaru and Crochet rolled into the broadcast room. For a moment, Crochet seemed like she had released a small cry, but Subaru pretended not to hear it as if he released her from her, his arms. Both climbed to their feet, immediately looked around, and found that they're inside the room. <coughs> Staring blankly at the two who had just jumped in, with eyes wide open, was a black dragon sitting in a stiff posture. As a body they had seen from the roof had been stuffed into that room. The black dragon had folded its wings and twisted its neck, apparently facing the door that led to the corridor. Presumably, it had originally intended to turn Subaru and Crochet to ash the moment they tried to enter. That idea had been seen through. Obstructed by that huge body, it was in a room that confined her movement greatly. Although the Black Dragon attempted to counter both of them, trying to spread its wings. Crusan! Right! Pleased of her fear of heights, Crochet nodded a response before shooting a slash. A blade of wind sliced into the black dragon, damaging a wing. Rushing towards it, she flashed one of its front legs with a direct blow. Lust screamed loudly as dark blood began to spray. Watch out! Get down! Pella writhed in pain as she flapped her wings and swung her neck widely, destroying the room. 
Though the room was rather larger than usual, its durability was not enough to withstand the rampage of an elephant-sized creature. In order to escape from destruction, Subaru turned to run. At that moment, he noticed something. The black dragon, a girl trembled in desperation, bound in chains. Subaru met eyes with that fearful girl, realizing Lust had adopted a very effective hostage strategy. Should be the initial ambush fail. It was filled with rage. Focusing, Subaru's body instinctively chose to move forward rather than escape. Managing to dodge the tail that tipped over his head, he slid towards the little girl that was lying down next to the feet of the black dragon. Picking up that shuddering petite body, he flicked his whip fiercely at the back of the black dragon's head. It did not seem to inflict too much damage, but it allowed Subaru to express his rage. Crusade's strikes were not so powerless. Wait! Wait! You got the wrong- <laughs> Nothing was asked to you! This is retribution for the chaos and turmoil you have wrought upon the city! Crusade's blade did not forgive the Black Dragon, who had its head in rather human-like manner. It's almost disappointing fragility to teleport no defense to that steel blade. Crusade cut the remaining wing, her slender legs kicking the dragon's screaming body. Different it was from Subaru's leg strength, as that huge body was shaken violently by that kick's power. The fella stumbled backwards in the opposite direction of the window Subaru had broken. Most of the black dragon's wings had yet to begin to regenerate, though she had called her body immortal. This was the rate of regeneration, and it could not be called a threat. It is over! Wait! Allowing it to finish, Crusade ran as she let loose several successful strikes on the Black Dragon's body, head, and wings. Huge bodies slammed the wall, crashing through the window frame and falling outside. Dragon, having been thrown off from the building and begun to descend, immediately spread its wings. Not. One of the wings had been torn away at the suit. The wing from the other side had been torn, now resembling a hook. The dragon was unable to support flight. Dragon, without a chance to regenerate, had no time to say anything. Simply falling to the ground. A few seconds later, the noise of lust hitting the ground arrived. It was the sound of meat slamming against a wall, or wet towel being dropped on the floor. I shall go and confirm the situation. Subaru sama, can you take care of this child? Uh, right. I got it. Rusha walked up to the window form from the, which the dragon had fallen. Ever vigilant, with a heartfelt trust in her, Subaru gently released the girl who had been caught up in the current turmoil. She was still in a state of fear. Confusion in her quivering gaze as she looked at Subaru was inevitable. It was all natural that anyone experiencing that glare by, at a, by a dragon would be scared beyond their wits. It's okay. That bad ran over there just now. Though, not that easily. Where's everyone else? Uh, uh. Although it's hard to believe, we're on your side. We're here to save you. We need to do some things before the bad guy comes back. Can you help me? Bent his knees, keeping their lines at sight level, and spoke with a gentle tone. This was the unconscious behavior he would use whenever speaking with someone younger, due to his fondness for children. She seemed to calm down slightly, taking deep breaths as if stealing herself before reply. 
There's a room over there. Everyone's in there. Are they trapped there? That room. The girl pointed to a room at the back of the broadcasting room. Rather, this room was not the broadcasting room. Although it was a large division, there was no broadcast equipment at all. Even if the radio were a meteor, Subaru could not find anything resembling one such thing in the room. Perhaps it was some kind of preparation room, so that meant the room that the girl was indicating was most likely the real broadcasting room. As he turned his gaze over, Subaru hesitated. He wanted to inquire about the life or death of the people inside. However, asking the girl such a thing was far too cruel and inconsiderate. Subaru patted the shaking girl's head, slowly making his way towards the room. Uh. Heart beating hard and fast, Subaru's sweat breaked on his neck. Suddenly, his throat felt parched and dry as well. Not even his voluntary cars won't jump made him so nervous. This was a sense of nasty premonition, a terror which preoccupied his mind. Subaru-sama? Everything's fine. I'm gonna check it right away. What happened to Lust? Everything is fine here as well. I do not know why she's staying put, though. Jay replied while still being wary of Lust under her gaze. But hearing that answer, Subaru took a deep breath and headed for the room, reaching out to brush the doorknob. The broadcasting room, there was a possibility that there were other witch cultists hiding. That in mind, entering the door to inspect what laid inside was not the better option for Subaru. For some reason, the kind of worry seemed superfluous. In fact, the idea was right. Because, in reality, no cultists occupied that room. Occupying it was... Speechless gazeness gazes. They looked at Subaru with amazement. No. Maybe he just wanted to assume they were looking. Subaru had no way of understanding how they observed the world, and he did not particularly want to understand. Simply felt dismay. His voice would not work. This is what it meant to be truly speechless. Thoughts froze. They thought of nothing, however, or something he finally did understand. The nature of that irritating sound accompanied the jarring voice in the background he had heard in the shelter. What is this? Response to Subaru? That sound spoke. The sound was one which welcomed Subaru. A fearsome sound. A defiant sound. A joyful sound. A meaningless sound. The sound of numerous wings beating echoed throughout the broadcast room. The darkened room, countless blinking red compound eyes moved, as if staring at Subaru. There were many, many flies crammed into one room, and all the flies were the same size as people. This one, that one too, all of them. Amidst the black haze of his consciousness, Subaru registered a sudden pained cry. Up into a sudden response, Subaru slammed the doors to that room, closing all with it the sound of a hundred beating wings. Looking back, he found...
You want me to cover? Jace? the heel of the girl who issued that sharp, righteous laughter was Cruchet in agony. There was no doubt that the familiar poisonous laughter. It's me, Capella-chan! <laughs> Capella winked and stuck out her tongue. Cruchet vomited a large amount of blood. Whites of her eyes barely showing. 